How's everyone doing? Everyone should be very happy and excited. I feel like my, my message has already been preached through the worship and what Jude said, and, and it's just great. So, But the barbecue's not ready yet, so I still have to preach. So who's, who's keen for some lamb chops? I know Joylene is. She's very keen. Pork chops as well. And even some sausages and vegetarian options. So it's exciting for us to be able to celebrate 70 years of a Christian presence here on the peninsula. Um, as Jude shared, 1953, there was a few folk that decided that they wanted to minister to this area. And uh, amazingly, they started out the back of a ute. And we'll have a slideshow later that you can watch during the lunch. But at the back of the ute, in, in some uh, bull rushes, I think they called them. Is that right now? Bull, box thorns. Box thorns. Bull rushes, box thorns. I don't even know what any of them are. But uh, some bushes. Bushes. And, uh, and the kids would gather and they'd have a Sunday school. And that eventually grew to become a church. And, and it's just amazing what God has done and, and kept going. And I'll share a bit more about that in my message. But God's just been so good. And, uh, and so we, we're going to celebrate that around lunch together. But also just thank him as we come around his word. So let's pray and we'll get into the word. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the fact that it brings life. And I pray that even today that it wouldn't just be a moment of reflecting, but it would be a moment of life and, and vision and belief in you like we've never known before. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for those of you who were here last week, you'd remember that I shared on the word permacrisis. Anyone remember that? Yes. Anyone remember what permacrisis is? Let's read it together. An extended period of instability and insecurity, especially one resulting from a series of catastrophic events. It's the 2022 word of the year, Collins Dictionary word of the year. And the thing about it is that it's what they're saying we're in at the moment as a, as a world. A time of instability, a time that one thing after another has happened. And we're all experiencing this feeling of being overwhelmed. It's this feeling of stress and anxiety that what's the next thing that's going to happen? And then you, you turn on the news and you go, and they're predicting int more interest rate rises or cost of living rises, or they're predicting there's a new strain of COVID, or they're predicting there could be war in Taiwan, or all these different things that they're talking about. And it just creates this unsettledness in us. I don't know how many of us feel that here, but... If we're just completely honest, you just think, what could happen next? What could the next possible thing be? And we talked about last week at Easter, the fact that Easter reminds us there is hope no matter how dark the time gets. That in God there is hope. And uh, this week as I was preparing, I had this sense and this, this reminder that God has called us to a different way of living. That as followers of Jesus, he has called us to live differently. He's called us, that it, the Bible says that the just, those who have been justified by God, 
will live by faith. And with this in mind, uh, I was thinking, well, God, if you have called us to live by faith, what does that mean? What does that look like? And the sense that I got from God as I was preparing is that to live by faith, you need to know who I am. You need to know who the God is that you're putting your faith in. You need to know what makes him tick. You need to know what he is about. You need to know the, his nature and character. Because when you know him, then it, it makes sense that you can then put your faith in him. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at this idea of God is. God is. And the first thing we're going to look at, which is incredible from what we've been singing this morning, what Judy shared and what Julie shared even is in my message. And we haven't been collaborating. I hardly talk to her during the week. We only meet on Sundays. uh, And Jack doesn't even live at home anymore. He's got his own place. But the reality is, the, the thing that we're talking about this morning is that God is faithful. God is faithful. And in, in light of everything that's going on around us, this idea of permacrisis, the idea is that as Christians, the thing that we know that is the thing that will hold us in spite of everything that's going around us is that God is faithful. God's faithfulness reminds us that God does not change no matter what is happening around us. Did you hear that? That our God does not change no matter what is happening around us. His faithfulness is an anchor to our souls. His faith, faithfulness is something we can cling on to. His faithfulness is what restores hope in our lives. That's why his faithfulness, even at Easter time, is what restored hope to that situation. Now, the writer of, the, of Lamentations finds himself in a difficult situation. And, and he writes about the fact that there is a God who never changes and it restores hope to his life. It says there, I remember my affliction and my wandering. One translation actually translate, translates it as, I remember remember my affliction and my homelessness my wandering my my being in a state of lack and and need the bitterness and the gall i well remember them and my soul is downcast within me yet this i call to mind and therefore i have hope because of the lord's great love we are not consumed for his compassions never fail they are new every morning great is your faithfulness i say to myself the lord is my portion therefore i will wait for him what a great declaration about the faithfulness of god in a time of destitution in a time of wandering in a time of affliction that he would recall that god's love is never failing that God is faithful. The God doesn't change because everything around us is changing. In James 1.7, James describes it as, there is not even a shadow of change in God. That there is not even a shadow of change in God. Even the way God describes himself, 
when he's talking to Moses through the burning bush. Remember that story? He, he doesn't, the incredible thing is he declares himself as I am. He doesn't declare himself as I was. And he doesn't declare himself as I will be. He declares himself as I am. That means that he's saying, yes, he is self-existent. But I love this idea that, that it's also declaring his eternal, and I'll try to say it properly, changelessness. You get that? His eternal changelessness. What does that mean? He doesn't change. That he is a God that doesn't change. He is a God that is consistent. He is a God that is stable. He is a God that is fully reliable. Even his nature that he's created, and we've been singing about this morning, declares this faithfulness of God. I shared it last week, but this idea of the fact that no matter what happens today, the sun will set tonight, because it always does. Has anyone ever not seen the sun set at night? Other, maybe Julie sometimes because she goes to bed so early. But, <laughs> but the reality is the sun does set and tomorrow is a new day and the sun rises and it's a new day full of opportunities and a fresh start. Isn't that right? And so in that moment, we see God's faithfulness that he, every day he gives us a sunset and a sunrise. That God is faithful. This is the crazy thing, though, is we become so used to it. We become so uh, blasé about it because, oh, yeah, the sun sets and the sun rises, and we forget what it means. And the reality is sometimes we take it for granted and it even becomes boring to us. But the, this is the interesting part, is when things don't go to, to form, don't go to the usual, that's when we freak out. Isn't that right? So... Imagine one situation is we hate it when our cars break down. Isn't that right? We hate this idea that our cars would break down. And, and when they do, we go, oh, why isn't it reliable? Why have we got such a lemon of a car? And our lives are thrown into turmoil because we've got to get it repaired, so I've got to catch the bus or I've got to do this and that and the other thing. Is Anyone feel like that? What about when your washing machine breaks down? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness, oh my life is ended. I have to go to the laundromat. Have you seen the Largs Bay laundromat? It's not a nice place. But the reality is we hate it. But, but the, and we cry, we cry out for reliability and security. But when we have it, we take it for granted so often. And this is the thing about our God and what he wants us to know is that he is faithful. There are people here today that you need to hear this. That your God is faithful. He wants you to know that he doesn't change. He wants you to know that he can be totally relied upon. Guess what? God doesn't break down. There's no planned obsolescence with God. He is completely faithful. Let me give you some scriptures to show this. Deuteronomy 7.9 Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to the thousandth generation with those who love him and keep his commandments. Who wants that? Yes. The one, 1 Thessalonians 5.24, the one who calls you is faithful and he will 
do it. Amen? Are you getting this? 2 Thessalonians 3.3 3. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and he will guard you from the evil one. Who needs to hear that today? God will keep you and he will guard you. Hebrews 10.23 saying to us, Let us hold resolutely to the hope we confess. For he who promised is faithful. How good is that? Our God is faithful. So let's dig deep into this now. Let's go a bit deeper and let's look at what does it mean that our God is faithful. The first thing I want you to understand that it means is that his character doesn't change. In other words, he is stable. Our God is stable. Understand this, that if God declares himself to be love, that our God is love, it doesn't mean his love today and tomorrow he changes his mind and he decides that he's going to become the God of hate. It's not how God works. If our God says he is truth, then that is his character. That is who he is. And he's not going to change tomorrow and say, well, actually, I'm going to become lies. If he says he is holy, then he is holy. It doesn't change. This is the thing that he is always love. He is always truth. He is always holy because our God is 100% perfect. Theologians describe this as the immutability of God, which simply means he doesn't change. He is always the same. The Bible describes it this way. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. This is who he is. Now, sometimes we get confused with this because God will say to us, I'm doing a new thing. But we have to understand that we can never exhaust our knowledge of God. And so if God is wanting to do a new thing, what he is wanting to do, and this is what he did when he sent Jesus, is he wanted to show us a new aspect, a new part of himself. It's like a diamond that has many facets. And if you look at it from different angles, it looks totally different. And so this is our God. He is a God who never changes and he is always revealing himself to us. But in that revelation, he is showing us that he never changes. He is always faithful. He is always reliable. He is stable. So firstly, his character never changes. The second thing is that his mind doesn't change. In other words, he is reliable. Unlike humans, and I'm not going to be gender specific now, I'm going to be honest, all of us change our mind all the time. Isn't that right? We all change our mind. Some days I get out of bed and I'm feeling great and one bad thing happens and my world falls apart. The washing machine breaks down and I don't know what I'm going to do. But that's the way we are. We we decide, I'm going to do this, and at the hint of a little bit of something going wrong, we decide, oh, no, it's too hard, I'm going to give up on that. But this is not what God is like. God does not act randomly. He's not that way. He, he sticks to what he promises, as we've been singing about. When God says he is going to do something, he does it. And, and if we want to know what the mind of God is, if he's, then we just read his word. And it says, you know, a great example of that is John 3.16. It says, for God so loved the world. And so God always loves the world. He can't not love the world, 
But he's also going to act on loving the world. And it says, so he gave his one and only son as a way for us to find hope and life. And this is the thing. It says in Numbers 23 verse 19, I love this passage. It says, God is not a man or a woman that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? And does he promise and not fulfill? They're rhetorical questions. You see, God's plan was always to live in relationship with his creation. But we know when sin entered the world, it all went pear-shaped, but God then promised that he would bring salvation to mankind, that he would restore us back into relationship with him. And we know the story that he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And he was faithful to do that at the right time. And so God's faithfulness always reminds us that he will fulfill his purposes and promises. So in other words, if, if God is 100% perfect, we need to also understand that God is 100% reliable. That if God has promised, he will bring it to pass. And this is important for us to understand because it reveals his very nature his very character of who he is. He's not one thing one day, one, something else. He is a God whose mind is resolute and set and he will do what he set out to accomplish. Which brings us to our last thing, is that God is faithful and his purpose, so his character and his mind does not change, but also his purpose does not change. In other words, he is committed that means God finishes what he starts anyone excited to hear that today that God finishes what he starts let me say this to you God's faithfulness means he will finish the work that he began in you did you hear that the work he started in you he will bring it to completion now, you, we need to understand, this is where it gets a bit messy, because we need to understand his purpose for us is not determined by the level of comfort we are living in or the state of the environment around us. His purpose is to see us become more like Jesus in our world. Think about that for a moment. We need to remember that God's purpose in our lives is not for us to be safe and comfortable. His purpose in our lives is not for us to be free from suffering as much as we'd love that. But his ultimate purpose for us is to make us children of God. So that means, think about this for a moment. That means that every experience in our lives, every experience in our life, both the good and the bad are an opportunity for God to display through us what a child of God looks like. In other words, it's an opportunity for God to shine through us and for us to show the world what Jesus looks like. You say, Ben, where does the Bible say that? Let me show you. Romans 8, a passage we love to quote. But we need to understand because it says, and we know that in all things, 
What does it say there? Does it say, and we know that in the good things of life, it says all. That we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. And what does it say next? It tells us what his purpose is. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn, that he, that he Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So what does that simply mean? Is that God predestined, God foreknew that his plan, his purpose was to bring mankind back to him. What, for what purpose? So that we would follow Jesus. So that we would follow Jesus' example and that we would be conformed into the likeness of his son, Jesus. That this is God's purpose for us. God's plan was always to bring us back into relationship, but his purpose goes even deeper than that. His purpose was to make us a part of his family. His purpose was that we would be sons and daughters of God. And so God's promise is that he will fulfill this purpose. And let me understand, let me explain this, is that that means that he will use every aspect of our lives to fulfill this. So your bad days, he will use your bad days to fulfill the opportunity for you to become more like Jesus. He will use your good days to do that. But he will use every part of our lives to form us into the image of Jesus. So while we live on this earth, just like when Jesus was on this earth, he had good days and he had bad days. But God used it all to bring forth his purpose, that we might have salvation. So let me show you some scriptures that explain this a bit more. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24, it says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. So that means what God started in you, he will finish. He is sanctifying us and he does that through our lives, through every aspect of our lives. In 2 Timothy 1.12, Paul says this, That is why I am suffering as I am, Paul talking, yet this is no cause for shame. I loved what Matt said before when as we were praying for people and people that are struggling with their mental illness, with mental health and, and whether you have anxiety, it's not something you need to be ashamed of. But it is something you need to know that God will bring you through it. That God has a plan in it. That God has a purpose in it. And, and that purpose is helping you to become more like Christ. And so as we yield ourselves to him, as we humble ourselves and say, God, my life, good, bad and indifferent, my mental health, my, my spirit, my soul and my body. So my, my spirit yields to you, my soul my mind, will and emotions, my, all of that I yield to you. Even though it's in turmoil and chaos, I yield it to you. And my body I give to you. It's yours, God. You show me. You fulfill what you have planned to fulfill. 
And then Philippians 1.6 says this, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Let me share you a great example of this idea of that God finishes what he starts, that he, he is committed because the reality is he is 100% perfect. He is 100% true and all those things, but he is also 100% committed to us. This is the reality of it. And the great story that reveals this to us is the story of the disciples he first called. The story is that Jesus called, prayed all night to decide who would be his 12 disciples. And, that, and we know the story that they walked with him for three and a half years and they saw great things. They saw miracles. They saw storms. And also they thought at times they thought they were going to die. And all these different things happened. And then at the, at the end of it all, Jesus is arrested and they all scatter. They all leave him. They all disappear. And, and Peter, he even denied him three times. And the incredible thing if you understand that God is faithful and that God is committed and what he starts, he will finish, he will complete. What did Jesus do after he rose from the dead? He went and found his disciples. You read the account. He, he went and found Peter as Peter had gone back to fishing. And he, and he went and called him as he, on the beach and Peter jumped in the water and swam to him. And, and we know the story that he says, Peter, do you love me? And he says it three times to restore him back. God is faithful. It doesn't matter how big the mistakes in life that you make. If God has called you, he is faithful to what he has started in you. And we all make mistakes. We all mess up. We all don't do the right thing all the time. But God's heart is to restore us and he is committed to us and to commit and committed to finishing what he starts in us. You read the story of Thomas at the end there and, and he says, in one moment he says, I, I will only believe that Jesus is risen from the dead if I can put my finger in the scars and in his side. And it literally says one week later. So God left him to stew in that for a week and then Jesus shows up in a meeting and, and Thomas is there and, and he says to Thomas, do you want to put your hand in my scars and, and in my side? And Thomas just falls to the floor and says, my Lord and my God. In that moment, God restores him and, and, what he, and he completes what he began. And they all then went on to establish the church that we know today. And this is our faithful God. God who completes what he begins. Our God is faithful and no matter what you are going through today, I want you to know that God is reliable, that God is ever present and that he is ever loving. But most importantly, as Judy said, he is always with us. He will never forsake us. He will never leave us. He wants to be your constant. He wants you to rely on him. He wants you to know that you can trust him to finish what he started. And that doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't matter all the mistakes you might have made even this week. God wants you to know he is faithful. I want to share with you, just in closing, something that happened to me this week. And I want to be honest and vulnerable and real because I want you to understand that we all go through this. Even your so-called pastor goes through stuff. 
And Easter was a busy weekend, and and then Tuesday morning, something very innocuous happened, but I reacted in a very ungodly way. Uh, someone said something to me, and it caused all all sorts of anxiety to rise up within me and I I responded really inappropriately and angrily and and lost my whatever and and it was just not a good moment and as I the rest of the day as I was thinking about that thank God what is going on and and I and I as I reflected on it I was I was thinking God when that when that person said that to me, it caused something to stir within me that, and I don't know where it came from, but it, it seemed like my life seems so blessed at the moment. You know, this church is the strongest. We planted it 13 years ago, and it's the strongest it's ever been since we planted it in, in all aspects. You know, people coming, uh, people growing in God, people... Uh, experiencing God's love and all those things and, and we're so blessed we're so it's, it's so good uh, and personally uh, for our family we are in a good place at the moment where you know Jake's just moved out of home he's bought his own place Emma's about to get married um, Benito's doing his thing and uh, it's, but it's good it's a good thing and Julie and I have never been closer as a couple we like it's, I feel blessed but this thing rose up in me that when that thing was spoken to me, I felt like it was like a house of cards and that anything, it was going to all fall over. And, and, and the reality of, and I'm being totally honest with you how I felt at that moment, I felt like everyone was going to see that the reality is I am so unworthy to be blessed by God. And, it, and the feeling that I felt was this, this simple idea, and maybe there's people here that feel the same, but I felt like I have not done enough to deserve the blessing that you have given me, God. I, I know, like for me, the feeling was I'm not the pastor I should be. I don't read my Bible enough. I don't pray enough. I don't help people enough as much as I should. And so these, these thoughts were flooding my mind. I'm not worthy to do it. And it's all going to fall apart. And I'm going to be exposed for who I really am. And, and every, it's, it's all going to be terrible. And this is the thoughts that were going through my head. That, that I simply haven't done enough for God to give me all these good things, to deserve all these things. And in the midst of that, it's where this sermon came from. God spoke to me. And as only God can, he says it as it is. And he said to me simply, Ben, this isn't about you. It's all about me. This isn't about you. This is about me. And I am the faithful God who knew you before you were born. I am the faithful God who knitted you together in your mother's womb. You are my workmanship. It's not whether 
you have goodness in your life and it's not whether you have suffering in your life the one thing that will never change in your life is me I am faithfully committed to you no matter what and I will bring to pass what I planned and started from the beginning and in that moment I didn't even share this with Julie but in that moment my faithful God said to me, all I want you to do is rest in me. Rest in me and my faithfulness and trust me to do what only I can do. And I believe this morning God wants to say that to many people here in this place. As Julie quoted Matthew eleven twenty eight, he wants to say the same to you. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, all you who are dealing with permacrisis, all of you who are feeling overwhelmed and tired and just feel like I just can't take another thing going wrong. I just can't take another problem, another trauma. I just can't take it. God says, come to me. Come to me, all of you, and I will give you rest. Church, it's time for us in this season, this new th- season, It's time for us to throw ourselves on a God who is faithful. A God who we know can be relied upon no matter what. When things are bad, so often we blame ourselves. And rightly so, because we make mistakes. But at the same time, when things are good, we cry out, I don't deserve this. We're never consistent. We're up and down. But God wants us to get our eyes off ourselves. And realize that he is faithful. And that his faithfulness can't be earned. And guess what? His faithfulness can't be lost. Because God is faithful because that is who he is. And he will never not be faithful. I want to finish with this scripture in 1 Timothy 2.13. Where Paul says, if we are faithless, he, talking about God, remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. Even when we're faithless, even when we stuff up, even when we're going great and wonderful, but even when we're faithless, when we're saying, God, I'm at the end of my rope and I don't know what else to do, God says to us, he is faithful. Because that is who he is. And this is the thing about God, it it doesn't... He is faithful to complete what he started in us. And sometimes it requires difficult times to, for us to understand that. It requires the tough times. God disciplines those he loves. He, he, he sometimes allows us to go through these difficult times so he can increase our faith in him and strengthen him. And then there's times of blessing and goodness. But this, this is the thing. God is faithful. He doesn't change his mind. He's, he is 100% committed. This is, he is 100% reliable and he's is 100% perfect. But this is our God. And the greatest story that confirms this is the story of the prodigal son. The faithful father. Even though the son did all the... And there's two sons in the story, but even though the, son, the first son did all the wrong things, he came to his senses and he came back to God.
came back to the Father. And what does the Father do? He doesn't reject him. He restores him. Puts a ring on his finger, a coat on his back, and he throws a feast. And the son that was lost is now found. And he celebrates it. But also the son, the faithful son who was still there, complains about it. And he, what's the father say? Everything I have is yours. Don't complain about your brother because everything I have is yours. This is our faithful God. It's a picture of our faithful God. And there's people here today, maybe you feel like the prodigal son and you feel like I've stuffed up too many times and God says, I'm faithful. All you have to do is turn and come back to me and I will restore. I will restore you. I will finish what I started. Maybe you're the faithful son who's just hanging on by the skin of your teeth and just saying, God, I'm just hoping to just get there, get through. And God says, everything I have is yours. I will finish what I started. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask the band to come. And we're going to sing Never Walk Alone again just to finish today. But I guess I want to pray for all of us here. And maybe some of you feel like I feel. I don't deserve this. Maybe some are feeling like I've stuffed up too much. Maybe others are just saying, God, I just, I don't know if I can get through this anymore. God wants you to know He is faithful. He is faithful. He is reliable. He is committed. He is stable. And all we have to do is throw ourselves on Him. Rest in Him. And He's saying this morning, Come to me, all you who are weary, burdened, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So as the band begins to sing this song, as a prayer to Him, our faithful God, I'd invite you to respond to Him. I'd invite you to say, however you feel comfortable, you might want to stand, you might want to kneel, you might want to come up the front here, I don't, whatever you feel, but respond to our faithful God because God is faithful. He's reliable, He's constant and He's committed. So why don't we come to Him this morning, give Him all our burdens and let Him give us rest for our souls. Lord God, I pray for every person in this place, including myself. God, that we would find faith in your, your faithfulness. That we would rest in it, Lord God, and know that you are the one who can bring to pass what needs to happen. God, we lay ourselves at your purpose and say, God, whatever it takes, make us more like Jesus. Help us to trust you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen.